Welcome, sister. Welcome to Nerva. No, do not move. It is dangerous to move from the Tranquilla couch. Please remain in contact with the biocryonic vibrations. In five minutes, the final phase of your processing must commence. If you have any personal possessions that you wish to have preserved, please place them in the casket adjacent to your right hand. Shortly, you will hear the recorded voice of the High Minister speaking personally to you. At the conclusion of the Minister's message, there will be a two-minute interregnum preceding the commencement of irradiation. In today's episode... We're in, we're in burning fire, life, ecstasy, oh Vira, oh Vira. And then Vira asks if Nero is in pain, receiving the reply, Pain? I'm in torment! These creatures! She reacts in such an intense and real way to everything that she deals with, and you just, you feel it with her. Her emotions are your emotions. Women, definitely trouser suits. Men, men were going to be in white shorts. Oh, that's amazing. It leads into that, that line, which is, um, we should never have relied on you, which I say all the time. I know, you say it constantly. Even Ryan said to me, that's where it's from. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to World Enough and Time, the podcast that unites Andy and Alex despite the world that exists between them. Hello, my name's Andy. And I'm Alex. How on earth are you? Oh, I'm all the better for seeing you, my love. (laughs) Nice. I like that. I like to bring joy to anyone's day, specifically you. It's very nice. Well, it's just nice seeing seeing your room behind you, because I know that room. Um... My main memory of the room you're in is Pitta pattering across it in a swimming costume whilst you're yeah. wet. Yeah, yeah. It basically is just the conduit to the spa. It serves no <laughs> other purpose. <laughs> yeah. No, I, honestly, we've barely used it since you've gone. Have you, you not? Were, oh, we're so naughty. You were so good for using it. You made me feel pretty grateful for having made the purchase. <laughs> like, it's okay, it was, was worth doing, sweetie. It was worth it. <laughs> That's right, Friday of the year, spa of the year. Yeah. But yeah, no, hardly at all. But mind you, in the current flooding weather, I don't think you're supposed to um, go in spas. It just doesn't feel quite appropriate. Our listeners probably have a, an image of you like sat atop, atop a hillock with an umbrella. <laughs> Do they? Well, because of the Auckland flooding. So. Gosh, yes. Yes, on a hillock, like little Miss Muffet on my tuffet, eating my curds and holding my parasol. Yes, um, no, um, it was quite awful. And where if I was still living where I used to live in Browns Bay, then I would probably have had most of my possessions completely washed away. It was, yeah, pretty much everywhere that I used to be was, yeah, 
ruined. So yeah, I've been very lucky. But yeah, the move has meant that we escaped it all and yeah, modern drainage and the things that they had to do to get the council to give them permission to build up here has meant that yeah, we were saved. So yeah, there was lots of rainwater provisions kind of yeah, in this new new area. Yeah. So, so it sounds like that when they put together your place, what's it called again? What's the area called? I forget. Milldale. When they put Milldale together, I think they took condine action. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something that Vara says and I didn't know what it meant? It did come off it. We're not contaminating anybody. He has the authority to initiate condine action. Personally, I consider your destruction is not necessary. Yeah, I've never known what it meant. Finally, last night, I looked it up. Oh, what it's is it? Condine action, which you should bring into every meeting situation. Yeah. appropriate action. Is that all? Yes. Yes. All. No, she... Her language. Oh, she's just the best. Oh, there's so much we need to talk about with it. I'm, yeah, obviously, you know how much I love this story. So, yeah, there's, yeah, there's much to be said. Yeah, so obviously we're doing the Ark in Space later on, but before we get to that... Yes? What have you been watching on TV? Oh, golly. Golly. I feel like... I feel like I'm letting not only you down, but the listeners down, in that I have... Well, maybe not let you down. Maybe I've just lived up to expectations. I've got into another really shit series. Like, really <laughs> shit. Like, really embarrassing, awful... Just so many that you can just keep watching one and then roll into the next and you just kind of fall asleep and wake up and you barely notice that anything's <laughs> happened. Um, yeah, I'm watching Bones. It is utter gobshite. Um, but yeah, loving it. Absolutely love it. So Emily Deschanel and David Boreanaz or David yes. Boreanaz. Fuck him those. Angel. Yeah. Yeah, so used to love him in Angel. Um, and have always taken the piss out of this series whenever I've seen that it's been on. It's the name of my ex-twat's um, dog. They called their dog Bones because of this series, um, because they that was their series. So adorable. Um, but yeah, no, it's something that doesn't have adverts because you can watch it on Disney. And um, we started watching it and it's just such easy pap to have on in the background. You can double screen, you can play a game at the same time, <laughs> you can play with a dog, Really, the content is so cheesy shit with no real need to engage that it just, it works for where my head is right now. It works for being on heavy fucking medication, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> yes, Alex has a teeny little problem with her legs, haven't you? Teeny is... weeny. <laughs> but well, let's pretend that's not happening at the moment, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I... I let me tell you. Yeah. Well, can I give you two? Can I give you one really bad one and one... Well, I feel like I gave us minus one. So if you give us two, then we might be... (laughs) Yeah, we might have done enough. The really bad one was The Rig, which was really heavily promoted. Kind of like Fury from the Deep, but with only sort of like a contemporary feel and, and therefore not ramping up any of the psychological stuff until far too late. And by the end of episode three, it was still like nothing had happened. And I was like, oh, I can't, I don't care if this person's been taken over by an alien entity and they're on this royal lake. Oh, so it was a bit sci-fi? Oh, yeah, but it was kind of just so slow and it had her off Shit's Creek in it and the woman who was the receptionist woman. Um, But 
And it had a really good cast. Oh, yes, was... good adverts for it. Yes. And it's got him, the guy. Yeah, Ian Glenn. Yes. Yes. And, and Martin Compton from Line of Duty and all of that. Yes. Yeah, okay. But no, we got halfway through and Ryan's refused to watch any more. <laughs> and the theme tune is like Midlands Today or something. It's just, <laughs> it's like you feel like you're going to watch a news programme. It's so shit. And then the content, Ryan says, is not better than Midlands Today. It's so <laughs> badly written. So badly written and so oh, stagey. No. And they've got loads of time for the characters, but yet somehow no development. It's very odd. Wow. Oh, so yeah, looking at it, I must admit, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch that shit. It looks great. Yeah. But it's good to know I shouldn't. 5.8, oh. it's not doing well on IMDb. There you go. That's a, that's the yeah. correct score. I don't always agree with an IMDb score, I think, for that. But yeah. what we have been watching, which is good, which I'm sure you've watched as well. You've probably watched it and you've forgotten it already. Lockwood and Co. No, I'm saving it. Oh. Um, I, w I want to watch it with Cass because she's my little watch it with kind of yes. gal. Um, but yes, so loving it. Yes, it's very good. Yes. Okay. I didn't realise it was an alternate oh, reality when I first started watching it, so that's quite cool. Ah, uh, okay. And yeah, the characters are really good. There's some really nasty people in it, but it's really clever and good, and there's some kids. Oh, it's scary, but it wouldn't be scary to any kid today. You know, like I say something scary, and John like, gives me a look as if to say, he actually said, that I'm a wuss when it comes to TV and film the other thing. Yes, and I think that's probably fair. That <laughs> my kids just um, watched, well, Iona watched Smile, um, and yeah. Cass watched the first five minutes and said, no, no, thank you. <laughs> she, she loves the scary film, but she knows her limits. So yeah, Smile apparently is a, a step too far if you're uh, into scary films even. Um, but yes, I don't think that would be for you. <laughs> so I recommend Lockwood & Co. I don't recommend The Rig. And you don't recommend... Okay. No, you do recommend Bones. You do. Well, no, I, d I don't think there's anything... I, I think if you would like to sit there in a stupor and you have nothing better to do, perhaps you're cross-stitching while also completing a puzzle that and you like just me. need something on in the background, <laughs> then it's the perfect show. But just please, God, don't sit there and only watch it because that would just be such a... Your brain would turn to mush. So, yeah, for the right occasion. Yeah. So, in time-honoured fashion, I haven't prepared one, so I hope you have. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! I've got it all sorted! Don't you panic! <laughs> I just got, I've got a new note from you that I hadn't seen! Really? <laughs> yeah, oh! Oh, that's so lovely! What does my note say? Hello, lovely, adore you. I feel we ought to do this quiz. I'm glad you agree. Bye, as you bye. I didn't even I can't get. I can't bring myself to get rid of these two as well that you left me. <laughs> and I showed this to everyone at work because I was on a Teams meeting. I was like, you must see this. And it's one from you that says, you don't smell too much of poo, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a nice one as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love you more than you love me. Rude. <laughs> I do love my notes. I can't get rid of them. They make my, my work surface look very dirty, but I just can't get rid of them. So you're oh, causing me problems, nice. really. Yes. I right. don't remember that quiz, <sighs> quiz book one, so that's good. Oh, have I chosen something bad, though? <laughs> yeah, why the fuck did you choose this, you freak? Um, what is it? We don't have to do which it. Which Doctor Who stories were known by the following names at some stage in their production? Oh, yes. 
<laughs> oh, really? You know all of these, don't you? Well, I might do. I didn't look at it. <laughs> I might do. <laughs> okay, well, co-op them. Oh, yeah. dog, you're doing nasty eggy farts. Stop them. Oh, they're not good. Okay, so are these all... I don't know, well, sweetie. Yeah, well, okay. Some of them, um, so I'm not going to look them, at any of the... An- some of them could be... New, be new Who. New Who. New Who. <laughs> we always, do you know if you notice whenever we say New Who, we have to contort our face like we're... we're yeah, yeah, I have noticed it. And I enjoy it. Um, there's <laughs> things about angels, so I'm thinking that must be. Oh, there's loads that look really New Who. Oh, All right, I'm going to do the first my, five. Okay, and we might if switch. You, <laughs> yeah, because I think you may have let me down royally with this choice. You looked at the first one and thought, I know that. I know that. We'll do that one. It's, we'll coming, do that back, one. it's coming back to me now. I had like 10 seconds to do this. I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I just... And you were drunk. <laughs> no, I think it was in the morning. I don't know. Okay. Right, I'm just going to get close to the answers without looking at them. Right. The day God went mad. Oh, I know that one. Do you? I think I know that one as well. I think that's um, Face of Evil because that's y- yes. the Doctor's God, isn't it? I yes. know these things. Sweetie, yes. Okay, I feel like I should know this. Oh, you know I do. The Argolins. That yeah, must be Leisure know. Hive. Yes. Yes. See? Yes. See, sweetie, see. And now oh, the next a, one, not a That's a, a boring title, isn't it? Oh. I know. But surely that would have been your favourite. <laughs> because from, uh, yeah, from our last episode, you were just like, the blur of blur is your favourite colour. Yeah. Has it been was... called Terror of the Argolins yet? Yeah, fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Torchwood Falls. I just don't care. Ooh. Ought I to? Isn't I wouldn't that... know what the original name is, so. Mm. I wonder whether that's the one where it's, it's when everyone comes together um, before, uh, you know, like when Sarah and everyone comes together at the end of the third series. I don't know, my Doctor Who fourth series. Mm. That oh, one yeah. where Donna's there yeah. and stuff. I yeah. don't know what it's called. Something about oh, a journey. Honestly, Something about a journey. Me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When the Daleks invade us. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Do you know all that business? The... And the Daleks, the... when they're ghosts, the ghosty Daleks. No? Is it? It's when the, where, where the Daleks speaking German is a Nazi. And also. Oh, so I'm thinking Cybermen already. I'm thinking, okay, I'm thinking no. Cybermen. Okay. Yes, it's exterminating the... and all and the... that. Yeah, yeah. And the doctor gets exterminated and you think he's, he's regenerating, but he's not. It's the fake regeneration. That story. Is it that? Yeah. There's people at home <laughs> going, like, no, you flipping idiot. Sure. <laughs> you have no right to talk anymore. <laughs> Ever. I think that... <laughs> All right, I think we're going to do to five and then we'll find a proper quiz. Okay, um, His Darkest Hour. Ooh. Is that a good... Feels man, like New Hall. A good man oh. goes to war. I'm just going to put it out there. Yes, let's say that. The Cyberman planet. Oh, could that be... Ooh. Tomb of the Potatoes. It's not really their planet. But... Oh, no, but it could be Tomb of the Cybermen. Yes, let's go with that. Right. Okay, right. Face of Evil. Results. Leisure Hive. Oh, no. Doomsday. Oh, is that a different Doomsday? No, no you, you were right. You were right. It's the Cybermen with the ghosts. Is it? <laughs> yes. Cybermen ghosts. 
A Good Man Goes to War is the His Darkest Hour one. Yes! I got that right! Fuck yeah. And Tomb of the Cybermen, no less. So if I'd, lis- yeah. if I'd listened to you with the Silvery Cybermen ghosts, you would have been correct. I know. I'm just too good. Too yeah. fucking good. Well, we did quite well there. That was quite a good choice, yeah. after all. After all. But apparently we have to have another quiz, because my quiz wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is numbers. Ooh. But I don't know if I hate it. I actually don't think I hate it. So W something is the wheel in space. Clearly I don't know it, but I feel like you would. <laughs> so what? What are these, are these story titles? It's a number. So no, I think it's like things... So one of the... Options is Galaxy something, Home of the Darwin. So that's Galaxy 4. 4. Or oh, yeah. something, Totter's Lane. Okay, right. Got it. Yeah. So W something is the wheel in space. W... No, I still don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's the name for the wheel in space. Does it have... Is it like W2, the wheel in space? W9? No. <laughs> <laughs> you've gone silly. <laughs> I can see you've gone silly. You lost me. I feel like I'm in maths again at middle school. And I'm like, I don't understand. It's just that thing where you just freeze up and I'm sorry. No more information is getting in. I'm just too scared. <laughs> I can't listen anymore. <laughs> I, also... well, I assume the name of the wheel in space has a number attached to it. But we may See, never know because wheel, you're so terrified. So wheel three or something. Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah, let's, let's, well, W3, I guess I'm assuming is the name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to fill in the blanks for a word as well. <laughs> like, like my life okay. depends on it. Oh my God, I think you've got it. W3, the wheel in space. <gasps> I didn't really know that. No, but you did, did. Um, okay, so sea base something is four. The attacked by Silurians in the sea four. base four. We've got three and we've got four and we've got galaxy four. Yes. yes, we like that one. What number totters lane? Oh, that's one that I feel I should absolutely know. 76. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's write that one down. Galaxy something, galaxy at war with the Galactic Federation. Ooh, that's the one from Curse of Paladin. And Monster of Pelton. I think it's Galaxy 3. Ooh. Which sounds wrong, because you know the Doctor Who story Galaxy 4, so it sounds like you're yeah. very wrong saying no. Galaxy 3. I'll have it. R something C. Minion spaceship searching for the race banks. Oh, it's a horrible name. What's this from? Underworld? Underworld, is it? yes. <laughs> is it? Yes, Underworld, yeah. Oh, you did know, didn't uh, you, that in Corrie, that the um, underwear making knicker factory is named after Underworld, the Doctor Who story? No, I didn't know that they did have an underwear making factory. They have a knicker factory called Underworld, and it's actually named after Doctor Who story, Underworld. By the oh, writer. why? Who's the Doctor Who fan? I don't know who the person is. I think it's oh, impossible. I don't know who it was. I'm not going to lie that I know. But anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. Um, oh, R something... Seven C. What was the number? Oh, there's a seven. R something C. R two C. R. I'm just wondering R-A-C. whether it's whatever it says out is a classical illusion, like cause yes, because they're looking for the P seven E, aren't they? The Persephone. Yes. So it must be something that is like that. 
Yeah, you're right. R something C. R. R2C. I feel R2C. like it's R01C7 or something shit. Or maybe I'm just getting confused with Star Wars-y things. Hmm. Yeah. I think we're going to have to leave that one where it is. Okay. This looks like New Hall. Sanctuary Base something. Base on Crop Tour. Visited by the Doctor and Rose. Sanctuary Base. Um. Two. <laughs> nice. Okay, I'm going to put two for that one, two for that one. Windmill something, unit helicopter searching for Silurians. Seven. Mm, good. Chameleon tours. Chameleon something, chameleon tours flight to Rome, boarded by Jamie. Shit. I feel like, I feel like it's flight 311, but I don't know at all. Yeah, I'm going to go with that one. Jay something, one of the codes required for bacon and eggs from the TARDIS food machine. That's just adorable. I wish I did know that. Eggs and bacon? Bacon and eggs. <laughs> That's what they say. Jay what? Jay what? Seven. Good. I'm doing seven. seven. Thank you. Okay, so we have three, four, four. Yeah, we got those right. Oh, we got 76, Totters Lane. Yes. Nice. Good. And it was Five Galaxy Five as oh, Galactic right, Federation. Three. Oh, idiot. Four. Oh, it's R1C. R1 oh, I said a one. I said one at some point. Yes. R1C. Well, what's the classical illusion yes. there? The one. R1C. 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 Oh, the Argosy. The Argosy. Because it was the Argonauts, and the ship was called the Argosy. So that's the closest, R1C. No, R1C doesn't sound anything like Argosy, though. That's just, <laughs> that? Something go... It's like, sharky, sharky, sharky. Sharky, sharky, sharky. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, R1C, Argosy! <laughs> no, that's the first time I've ever got that, though. I think that's what it is. So. I don't believe you. Um, number seven <laughs> is Sanctuary Base 6 on Crop Tour. Oh, it's Windmill 123. It was searching Ooh, for Sagarians. And Chameleon 419. 311. At least Gosh. I've got three letters, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And J62 was, was bacon and eggs. Damn. Damn. So, reckon close. I always thought 62 was coleslaw on the, on the TARDIS food machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just one off. You're very close. You did well. <laughs> but no. So, that was the quiz. Yeah, I know. These well-prepared quizzes are really just serving <laughs> serving our guys well. I feel like people appreciate the amount of prep that goes into this shit. So I feel that um, we must apologise in the next segment for all the silly things that you have said about Louise Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> I apologise, it's all been me. But obviously, I mean, you've got to keep the relations good with her because she's the one in your granny flat. I don't have to deal with her. So, like, no, exactly. honestly, I'll take that on the chin. Yeah, so can we just be a bit more sensible about about Louise? So, new listeners don't know that Louise James lives in our granny flat, even though I don't live at that new place anymore. Like, we've just... got new listeners. <laughs> honestly, guys, you've got to listen to this shit. It's so good. Like, honestly. <laughs> These two are amazing. Um... <laughs> Um, and well, anyway, came back yeah. from New Zealand. Yeah. Got one word. Carnage. 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 <laughs> Shit. What has she been up to? She's been um, 
been cutting things out of magazines and then pasting them all okay. over the walls. I don't know what she's calling it. Honestly, I couldn't have guessed decoupage, <laughs> so I'm glad you brought decoupage to the table. That was not on the tip of my tongue. I'm really grateful for it. She's decoupaging everything in sight. <laughs> How's Toby? Has Toby, Toby been decoupaged? Yeah. I think just, just the one leg. <laughs> yeah, just pre-Raphaelite figures just decoupaged all around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just the one leg though. Yeah. So yeah, I think she's quite enjoying that. But um, yeah, it's it's hard to stop her from doing things when she gets her new hobby. Oh Yeah. I've so, heard it's hard to tell her anything really. So yeah, I'm just, yeah, just... Try just, and just humour her. She'll grow out of it. Just a strong smell of glue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's not huffing. Well, one can never tell. Can one? <laughs> <laughs> let's hear from her, shall we? Yeah, let's. You're listening to World Enough and Time, a classic Doctor Who podcast. So as I said, I'm glad, glad we got that. Your silliness out of the way. <laughs> yeah. No, yes. I apologise. I just... I need to control myself. I, I I admire everything she does. I admire particularly her little um, cameo in McDonald's and Dodge recently that I was <laughs> very grateful to see. <laughs> it, was, it was a beautiful moment. She yeah, she see she saved the day really. She was a very special character in the whole thing. Without her, there wouldn't have been a murder at the racing track. So yeah, we needed her. That's the thing. So you got to remember that. Yeah. Noah spoke of a great blackness rushing in. He meant space, but how did he know? He now has the race memory of a widow. Symbiotic atavism, to be precise. I'm going to need your help now, Vanna. Yep. So, I want you to feel quite tired, a bit sleepy. Yeah. Um, a bit, okay. slightly, a little bit sick, maybe, um, because maybe you you haven't eaten for a while, or it's too early to eat, or it's too late to eat, and you're sat on the sofa. You're sat on the sofa, yeah. and yes. you're and you're sort of like, I don't know, just in your happy place, because we've got one of those videos off the metal shelf in the back, and and the metal shelf in the back in the back area near to the either. Just dead or nearly dead guinea pigs, <laughs> whichever way you look at it. I'm sure there's About to die, well. has died. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they survived that long. Even if it was only a week, I don't know how they survived I know, that well long. done then. <laughs> I love that one was called Genesis, so ironic. Really? Was it? Yeah! The black one was called Genesis, I know. I've only just got the humour in that now. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one called? Oh, fuck knows. <laughs> I was very in love. It wasn't, <laughs> so called, it wasn't called Revenge, was it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you sat on the sofa, we've opened one of those big clunking video cassette cases, which feel huge now. You can feel like oh. a fit family of three in there. But, um, yeah, but uh, we've decided to sit down and watch the Ark in Space. Mm-hmm. Happy place, Just no? Just joy. Oh, so much joy. And and we were right. Like, all I can say is we were clever fucking kids to realise what 
beauty had been bestowed upon us, <laughs> what joys we were given access to. It was just every fucking bit of it. Brilliant. Just... But don't you also think oh. there, was, there was a genius in how they came out every month, or at least it was less than that to begin with, but when they started to come out, it was quite a slow trickle, but they chose really good stories and not the most obvious ones, and you got a good flavour, and like that initial batch where we had 10 to 20 videos, the ones to choose from, they were so golden to us, weren't they? Or do you think that was, that was just luck, that we just loved most of them? Yeah, honestly, I don't... It's really hard to know because that's all I remember. I, all I know is what we were drip fed mm. and what we were drip fed definitely fed my love of Doctor Who. So, yes, I think I can only call that genius. I, I think that, like had the face of evil come out a bit earlier, <laughs> maybe it would all have gone wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, no, they, they're just, yeah, it just, it, it was so, yeah, the, the ones that we had were a part of who we are like yeah. every line that they say in Ark in Space and Pyramid of Mars and Death of the Daleks like every line they say is just it's part of who I've become and and <laughs> yes. so I just I like every every single thing just kind of almost kind of reverberates through your spine you're just like okay this is very important this is, <laughs> yes, this exactly. is me it's yeah it, it is and so yeah no i i think you're right that if there must have been some method to the choices of what came out and what did come out is yeah what made us become the well what made me become the who fan i am and probably for you i think you probably had you obviously you developed that love before but for me the the videos were all that i had to get me interested well, I, I just guess it's solidified and confirmed very much. But I was just still in a state mm. of hyper excitement all the time that I was able to watch New Who. Like, not mm. New Who. Not New Who. Well, not Contorted Face New Who. <laughs> new Who. <laughs> new Old Who. But yeah, it's yeah. just the idea you could pick one off the shelf and watch it. Because it was the first time we had a video player as well in Stafford, wasn't it? Oh, fuck. We were, we were so grateful for that video recorder like that piece of shit we were so grateful for because it did it allowed us to watch that world that world that previously had only been available when you were comfortable enough to go to Buzz Willis's house like that's yeah. that's not easy that's not something yeah. you did comfortably it wasn't like we were that friendly with the neighbours to go and watch something at their house so it was it was such a a release like to now be able to just watch something on your phone just kind of it takes the piss out of what we yeah, we, we went through, but also what we experienced when we finally like that that opening of a door of what do you want to watch tonight? And we we're like, fuck, <laughs> we've got like three to choose from. We lucky fuckers! Like, this is amazing. It was oh huge. Yeah. So let's let's get into the arc in space then. So um, it's it's. It's impossible to come up with a first memory, isn't it? Because we would have just watched those videos together, just endlessly. That video, rather. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely my first first thought, first memory was of the mem of that video. Like, I'd not seen or heard of anything before. And, yeah, it, 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 was, it was part of what started, like, cl my classification of what Doctor Who is. Like, mm. if someone was to ask me what Doctor Who is, much of it would be defined by... Arc in space, I'd say, like the the way the doctor speaks, the interactions with another human being, like that. All of those things are 
what I see as is what the doctor should and does do. So, yeah, it, it's kind of, it's created my understanding of Doctor Who as opposed to kind of part of the journey that, that kind of formalised everything that I believed in for Doctor Who. And I think you, you, you're hitting on something really important, which is it's very much about the Doctor and how he behaves. It's such a brilliant establishing Tom Baker story in the sense of, you know, you learn everything about him and it's just such an amazing performance by Tom Baker. So, ah, oh, charismatic and just so communicates everything about the Doctor's attributes. But effortlessly. Yeah. Without being, like, really in your face. This is who I am. Do the shit. Like, it's, he's not doing a performance. No. He's just being effortlessly himself. Yeah. And, yeah, giving you a taste of who that man is. Yeah. Doctor! What's wrong with him? And the clue, sir. Well, you're supposed to be Shh. a doctor. Alive, anyway, his heart's a beating. Top. It's incredible, he's absolutely Harry, please do something. There's no response at all. You wouldn't find it oh, so don't. amusing. Ah, oh, Sarah, you're back. Splendid. Where's Noah? Shot me, did he? Cut off in mid-sentence. I might have been saying something important. I was saying something important. Look, are you all right? What? Blinding headache, that's all. I hate stun guns. Where is he? Oh. Noah, of course. Who else? Oh, well, we overheard him on the uh, the intercom thing saying he... something about checking the solar stacks. What? The idiot. Quick, there might be still time. Are you sure you're all right? I mean, never mind about me, Harry. There's a man in danger. So, so my first memory of Ark in Space. Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> so I'm holding up the Target paperback, which has got a Wirren on it, and he's kind of, there's an inset circle. Um, of Tom Baker's head, which like the Wirren looks like he's like doing a rugby tackle hold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Actually, almost looks like he's his big brother, and he's like he's just going to scrub his head a little bit. Come on, my son. Um, but this is one I used to get out of the library, but the hardback one, and I never read it. And I'd get it out quite a few times, and I never read it because it was just a bit too hard for young Andy. Because it was written by Ian Martyr, no less. Um, oh, was it? Yeah. But Cute. it was it's really kind of like slow and sort of like, oh, oh no, I can't read this. It didn't quite wow. come into the sort of like, um, I'm reading it now. It's perfectly easy, but it's just a step up from your Terence Dix. <laughs> right. Terence Dix is very accessible, isn't he? Yes. It's kind of like, and then Sarah did this. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's what but I want. in a way that... It, it romps along. Like, yeah. I will not have a word said against Terence Dix no. for his brilliant novelisations. No. They were what brought us in, but them. yeah, they were they were basic. <laughs> but do you think, like, obviously now, obviously you're reading it, but do you think that he captured it well enough? Oh, yeah. Do you, is there, he, ca- have, he did I, capture the nurse. But I haven't read it all, and... It's I'm still just... a bit of a struggle, is it? <laughs> it's still, still tough for me. <laughs> okay, quite, no. quite a few long words. <laughs> <laughs> No, I haven't. I haven't had the time, but it's more that I think he sometimes has a bit of, plays a bit hard and fast. Is it hard and fast? Fast and loose, a little. Yes, it does change loose, a few yeah. bits because I remember that I couldn't believe he used the word bastard in his Fury from the Deep novelization. No, Enemy of the World. That was it. Wrong. Oh. But the, I do think one of the brilliant things about this story is all of the Harryisms, like. The amount of weird fucking sayings he has that aren't quite right, but, and they're all brilliant. Yes, but unless you're watching it, and this is, this is something I watched with Ryan. He's like, 
he just stopped and he's like, I can't believe he keeps saying, oh, I say, who is this person? And old girl and all this stuff. And if you're not used to it, and we just accept Harry into our hearts and we know who he is, but for Ryan, he was really confused by this really old-fashioned character who kept saying, oh, I say. Microfilm. It's a complete record. Music, history, architecture, literature, engineering. Incredible. The entire body of human thought and achievement. What's it all for? Posterity? I didn't know. Why build all this and send it into space? I say, it couldn't be some sort of survival kit, could it? Survival? Yes, you know, the sort of thing they shove in lifeboats and things. You're improving, Harry. Am I really? Yes, your mind is beginning to work. It's entirely due to my influence, of course. You mustn't take any credit. He was of a time, and yeah. he was real. Like, he was not at all... He didn't feel like a bizarre character to me. He just... No. He was... That, that he believed that everything he says is is so of Harry. Like his, he just he creates a world where you can believe that Ian Martyr has known nothing else but being a naval doctor. Like yeah. that just feels like who he is, and everything coming out. Like the first instinct when someone's knocked out is like get the brandy. <laughs> the other next instinct when someone's feeling a bit woozy is like and the next thing I need is a week at seaside. And it's just. He is a man who's only ever been a Navy doctor. And, oh, I just feel he gets the nuss of him so brilliantly. I just, I love his character beyond anything. Wow. Excellent. Um, before we get into characters, though, we're starting to get carried away with ourselves. We yes, need, I know. We need the curtain to go up on something else, which is the synopsis. Are you oh, ready? Yes. <laughs> I honestly don't think I can struggle. Please, God, don't tell me I can struggle on this one because I feel like I, I sleep and breathe this uh, this story. Okay, so the Doctor decides for a brilliant reason. He wants to prove to Harry that he actually does have a space-time machine. I love how fucking vain that is. It's brilliant. <laughs> so he wants to prove that, so he's going to have a quick trip to the moon. Oh, bollocks, end up in a space station... 30,000, oh fuck knows, a lot of years in the future. Long time in the future. Um, okay, so we land in the space station. It's all very new looking and a bit fabulous, but it's all gone a little bit awry. There's no one moving, there's no, there's no action, there's no electricity. Bit of a struggle. <laughs> sort that bit out, but we do see a slug. What? What's going on? Um, yeah, so we find that this is the end or perhaps a new beginning for the human race. Everyone who was trying to escape the solar flares, well not all of them, actually a select few, only a few hundred, has um, been put onto the Ark. The Ark is a new hope for the human race. Um, and um, unfortunately, the Wirren, nasty pasties, has come along, eaten through the alarm clock, and these people have slept for a really long time. Who are the Wirren? Who can say? But they do resemble sluggish ways and another creature, but I can't remember what they said. Anyway, they do naughty things and they lay eggs in people. It's not good! Um, but yeah, so Vira wakes up. She's the first of the human race to wake up. She is the first med tech. She's been pair bonded for the new life. <laughs> Noah. Um, and Noah is their prime unit. No, he is their leader, sweetie. Um, 
She's real name's Lazar. Let's let's just say it, all right? <laughs> Lazar, because we all know it. We all want to hear it. But we we say no. It's an amusement. Um, <laughs> you do anyway. know the script inside out. <laughs> I do know it far too well. <laughs> anyway. He's a little bit uncomfortable that the Doctor and Sarah and Harry are there. By the way, Sarah just got a little bit onto a sidetrack and she got, she became a little bit dormant for a while. She's all right now. Don't panic. Um, <laughs> but Noah goes to the solar stacks just to check it out. He's a little bit worried. Actually, after shooting the Doctor, don't need to talk about it. Anyway, ends up in the solar stacks. Oh no, somebody snots on his arm. No! <laughs> And then Noah is never going to be the same again. We trusted him. We had hope for our prime unit, but no. Um, he unfortunately becomes part of the collective consciousness of the worm. Um, but don't worry, we've got Vira. She now has assumed responsibility. Not just assumed responsibility, Noah passes it on. Every now and again, Noah has a moment of clarity and he goes, oh, actually, take all the love, I'm having a troubling day. <laughs> and um, yeah, so Vira is now in charge of everyone. She revives a few more people. Don't worry, they die. They all die very quickly. <laughs> you don't need to get to know them. Um, but her primary responsibility is all of the people on the Ark. They need some power because the Wirren keep taking it away. We need the power, we need to breathe, we need to kill the Wirren, they're all bastards. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we do a little bit of shuffling through a ventilation shaft. Everyone needs to do that. Can you just do the ventilation shaft action? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but then all of the Wirren go, I'll stop you. They all go to the shuttle where they're getting the power from. And then they all die in explosion. Explosion! Doctor gets shoved into a safe place. Don't panic, you'll be all right in there. Rogan takes, you've heard about Rogan. Rogan sorts the day. Uh, basically, he saves them, the Wirren die, and all we need to do now is take the new humans, old new humans, back to Earth and start making them all have sex again. Um, but <laughs> I don't think Vyra's they, up for that. <laughs> I think she'll be really uncomfortable about the need for sex. I don't think she'll be, her vocabulary won't cover it, but she'll also know it's necessary. She'll um, call it intercourse. But yeah, no, sorry? She'll call it intercourse. She, she won't have any words for it. It will be unacceptable. Um, but yeah, no, so we just need to check the solar flares have gone. So, Doctor, Sarah, Harry, could you just pop down, check that it's all okay? No, Santarans, I'm sure you'll tell me. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, and so they, um, yeah, that's how we end. And we're in a dead. Everyone can live on the Ark, apart from Rogan, Lysit, Libri, June, and Noah, who all died in the process. The end. Ta-da. I well know. Done. Yes. I know. I love it. I love it. I, I love, it. love it. I love it. I do. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a new question for you. Having watched it again, was there anything mm. new or anything struck you different this time in the story you know so well? Because there was yes. a few things for me. Go, go. Okay. <laughs> Very specific things. So, the Wirren... Yeah. When they shuffle, shuffle, shuffle in their very lava type stages, yeah. do they just kind of, because 
they go through a grill that doesn't get broken. Yes. So do they kind of kind of disassemble themselves and reconstitute the other know. side? But it's it's that does, really it's confused a me quite a lot. It's a stumper, so that it? was something that confronted you too. Not particularly. Like, no, that was one of those times that the, the the young Andy just accepted that again this time. It was just like that's yeah. that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> stop to think about it, but now I am thinking about it. But it was few... only because later on, when they reached their pupil stage, then they actually break the fucker open. Mm. Um, when it's yeah, because they they broke the grill. But early on, you see a completely intact grill that they just squished through. <laughs> um, yeah. But that also relates to my concern about the solar lamp and how the larvae gets in there. How does it get in yeah. there? Because it has to break the glass to get out. Maybe it was tiny. Maybe it just went through a little pipe. A <laughs> <laughs> little, little pipe. And then he got really big. <laughs> pipe. That, that's what I would say okay. in my knowledge of Wirren. Also, yes. how did the Wirren know initially? How did they work out without the having eaten any human people which one June was and why he would be the best one to eat because they didn't have any intelligence did they at that point well, they had enough intelligence to do to do stuff I do like that that came out of them they don't actually like he wants within one generation for them to make a huge intelligence yes, leap hugely that actually they were quite like a stupid race that were just like oh, we're just going to lay our eggs in cows and we'll be fine and we don't really need to do shit. We're not going to do anything major. We're just quite happy with our little ecosystem that yeah. works for us. Um, so it's only just because the humans fucked up their lives that they decide, right, we need to get clever and we need to fight back. And it's it's quite amazing that that was... That, that, and they intend to do that by absorbing the humans in one generation. Yeah. Oh, clever shit. Now we shall use the humans in the cryogenic chamber. We shall be informed with all human knowledge. In one generation, the Wirren will become an advanced technological species. We shall have power. That proposition is genetically impossible. I already have all Dune's knowledge. High energy physics, quantum mechanics. Every ramit in the next hatching of Wirren will possess the sum of your race's learning. And, yeah, they want they want more than cow knowledge. They want to know more than, than, than that grass is good to eat. <laughs> but they were, they were really happy with that before. Yeah. They fought for that right. They fought to just stay and have their ecosystem that works perfectly for them. Yeah. But they were denied it. But then you've got... So it's down to the queen, the Wirren queen. She's interesting because she's the kind of motivating factor yes yes and yeah. did you notice early Powerful on she, woman. did early on she's got a claw thing on the bottom of her where any bits so it's, <laughs> it's slightly different dirty <laughs> i did not notice <laughs> <laughs> anyway the, i think the thing that really got me this time was i'm so confused by it and i really don't understand Partly because I was in, under pressure because Ryan was watching it for the very first time, under and, and he thought it was quite—he thought it was quite slow to begin with. <gasps> Four episodes of romp. This is just <laughs> fucking romp to romp. Oh my god, how did this end so quickly? And I was, was so exci- I was excited about the ventilation shaft. I was excited about um, 
are so many things that happened in episode four. And I was kind of like, well, this next episode's really good. <laughs> Nothing really happened that the much. The first episode was amazing. Like, so much happened. Like, not only does she have all her air cut off from her, she then ends up fucking... Oh, I love like, all that. Fucking the Tranquilla couch to fucking a new world of platform shoes and white bloody suits. <laughs> I've, now, I've got, Everything a, I've got a theory about that I've got to talk to you about, but we'll get there a bit later. So do we want to start... I think, start, yeah, we need to start. Start at the we beginning, need to yes. start to go through the Back episodes. to the beginning. Right. Yes. So, good. I didn't remember how shit and inflatable the arc was right at the start. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Absolutely not listening. <laughs> You're just talking shit. Okay, good. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was Where, a work of art. Yes. Where would you like to start with the art? <laughs> I'd like to start a fight right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're sounding quite pugnacious there. <laughs> I like... Uh, I'd like to start with Harry's reaction to travelling in the TARDIS. Go for I just it. want to hug him. You could sell that thing. It was just so cool. It's just like, what would you want to sell it for? Like, if you've got the option to basically do anything you could possibly do, go anywhere in the world, anywhere in the universe at any time, you could sell it. It's just, it's so fucking Harry. I love that he just kind of, he's so small minded. In a very cute way throughout. Like, his small-mindedness, he kind of accepts throughout. Like, every yeah. little thing that he says, he he knows he is in a... He's working in a very siloed capacity. He will only ever get things from a naval doctor's point of view. He will never... Um, he'll never truly be able to embrace what the hell's going on. And he just... He he lives and embodies that in a way that I just want to hug him for completely. Just adore him. A little trip to the moon, you said, just to prove to Harry. Well, I didn't expect him to start messing about with the Helmic regulator. Come away from there, Harry. You could sell that thing, Doctor. I could what? Oh, jolly useful in Trafalgar Square. I mean, hundreds of bobbies hiding Harry, inside and then... stop burbling. What? Oh, sorry. Shock, I suppose. <laughs> I must say, I feel very strange. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that specific example as well, which I had to really listen to this time, which was that you could get a hundred bobbies hiding that in Trafalgar Square. What, so they could get so out and stop? Like, so they could get... Exactly, just like that. The way he thinks is so <laughs> small-minded and so adorable. It's just like, yeah, that's what you want to do with it. Yeah, that, that's all you should do with it. It's just, it's just the, the uses of it are just so basic. So, but can we unpack that idea? Is the idea that those bobbies can stop riots in Trafalgar Square? Yeah, it's because like the the purpose of a police box is for policemen. Oh, of and course. so, and so, yeah, what, what better purpose would there be for it than hiding a hundred of them in there? It's just so adorable. He's just so literal. Yes, absolutely. Um. I got very strong Death to the Daleks vibes with Sarah in in that horribly cottony dress and 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 carrying the oil lamp. It was very Death to the Daleks, Sarah. Oh yeah, I can get me that. Yeah. But yeah, no, I just any time I see her in an outfit that I know she doesn't wear for long, it just gives me a little frisson of joy. Yes. Like the fat, like the the nude platform Mary Janes and the yeah the the blue. I'm glad you called it. 
cotton. I was thinking perhaps polyester. <laughs> it just, um, yeah, it just, it, it's something that I enjoy seeing her in because I know that it's just for a short time and I just want to just embrace the moment every time I see yeah. her in it. She's just so adorable and it just, yeah, she's just an iconic human being. Like, I must admit, the whole time I watched her throughout the Ark in Space, I just, I almost just felt tearful that her, her skill of acting just it's contained within the universe and she she's worth so much more like she is yeah maybe it is just strong reactions but they're not just over the top kind of cod reactions she reacts in such an intense and real way yeah. to everything that she deals with and you just you feel it with her yeah. she's her emotions are your emotions and she's just amazing there's the, the her reaction with her face to the fission guns like the way she does that. <laughs> yes. And, yes. And also there's a moment which I'd never noticed before. Well, I kind of know it in my soul. When they're all going into a room which is slightly airless still, which there was one, they were in, it's when she's already in a new costume later on. And she comes through the door last and she sort of stops near the door. She has her head down. She, she's not greedy for camera time, but she has her head down like she's in a bit of a state. And she has her hand in the air and she slowly brings her hand down. And there's no way it would be anything... It was basically her adjusting to the room and calming herself down mm. is what it is. But you'd never, yeah. ever think, oh, she's acting. You know? No, it's just... I'm so just real. embodying this moment. This is how Sarah feels yeah. right now. And she worked that little bit of business out herself. And, yeah, it's just... Oh. It's why we think of it. She is Sarah Jane. Like, she yeah. is... Like, there's... She's so loved by every fan because she she wasn't acting, she was being. Yeah. Like there was just something so impressive about what she did. Yeah. But yeah, no, she was yeah. Everything she she experienced. She was on a fucking space station very many years in the future. Like she did that shit. <laughs> Wait, come away. Wiren. Doctor. Wiren. Doctor. Doctor. No! You told her I won't let you! Can't what? Is it time to get up? Doctor, you're going to be all right. Yes. Is that noise in my head? In terms of the Doctor and Harry, their relationship is interesting, isn't it? Because all the way through season 12, he's quite abusive with them. Less so in Genesis of the Darks, where they get on, they're a good double act and they're kind of very friendly. Um, no tea, Harry. But for Ark in Space and Revenge of the Cybermen, he's quite angry with him. In fact, any time they're on Nerva, basically, when it's the beacon on Space Station, it's kind of like, nah. Um... And there are only two of us, and one of you is called Harry, you know. And, oh, yeah. honestly, that line is just... But because it's twofold, because it's just like... Part of it is like, he just said previously, did you do that? Uh, was that you, Harry? Yeah. And and it's like, there's only one of us here, and you are called Harry. But it's like, but obviously anything stupid that is done is by Harry. Like, it's just, I love the kind of twofold kind of piss take that he has in that sentence. It's just, oh, it's all so clever. And it just... Everything that we have reviewed, I just I don't feel that the the intense cleverness of the dialogue that we experience in Arkham Space is there for many other stories. Yeah. Like yeah. every person's character has been worked out brilliantly, and I just I don't know whether they were allowed to freestyle a lot of it, but 
just everything that they say has value. It kind of, it brings the plot forward, but it also gives you a little bit more insight into each character. Like it just that, that interaction with the Doctor where you, where you can understand that there's real love for the Sarah and, Sarah and Harry. Yeah. Harry less so, but a kind of a nurturing attitude to him. Like that, that comes across in what isn't a huge amount of dialogue. Like it just, it, it allows you to see a change in an, alteration in the way that they consider each other it's just oh it's adorable and there's very much a thing i think i don't know if, is it in this story where he says you're learning harry does he say that in this? Yes, yes he does this is when um he talks about when he he pulls out the race banks yeah. um and, and and but the brilliant thing is is that harry doesn't think well oh, fuck off he goes oh am i <laughs> he's grateful for it yeah. it's just it's not that he's like taking the piss out of him he's like oh you're learning harry he's like and he and he kind of gets that he's a little bit of a noob he's a bit of a twat and he's just yeah. oh am i that's lovely yeah. and it's just yeah the the interactions between them are that there's no um even though harry you'd assume being the character he is would have a bit of bravado, a little bit of up himself, like that yeah. you just assume that from any kind of um, a forces character. But he just he def- he completely defers because he he sees the Doctor as his commander. Like he will like he will not even slightly go against what the Doctor says because he just doesn't. He's not that clever. He and he ex- he is quite happy to say that he'll work in his area of expertise and. But anything above that, he just won't even begin to try and question. It's yeah, it, it's adorable. I'm also intrigued, and something I hadn't really thought of much before was how Sarah's finding her place with the new Doctor because it's only her second story with him, um, and a lot of robots she's apart from him doing her own thing, her own journalisty thing. Here, she's trying to work out how she feels about being with the, the new doctor, but also she's got some experience that Harry doesn't have. And she's, I think she's quite irritated by his presence. There's that bit where she says, Oh, stop burbling Harry. Cause she's used to just going into a place with the doctor and just them exploring it together. And they don't need to have yeah. all that dialogue and he's just waffling on. And I just find that interesting. I just wonder how much there was thought of Sarah and Harry being a bit more sort of like annoyed by Combative. each other, but they're not. Yeah. And that's no, good. I think they 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 don't, and I love that they don't explore that because I think they explore the competition between companions too much in other stories. It's just like yeah. I'm sure you'd just be a little bit more a bit easygoing about each other and just kind of just be like, okay, you deal with it differently to me. But yeah, no, I I think it is insane that this is only her second story with the Doctor because to me their relationship seems solid, like they seem completely clear and it to me it feels like she's decided to play this as I know this guy yeah he's changed slightly but like I've got history with him and so anything that he says is good by me and she just seems to kind of she's kind of decided to roll with it entirely and whatever he says like they just they have a closeness that just <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to move across the room. There's a definite slope on it. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> talking. Call me old girl again. I'll spit in your eye. I just, <laughs> again, that relationship is just so cute, isn't it? It's just yeah. her trying to work out her relationship with him as well. I really enjoy. It's yeah. kind of the the it, yeah because all of them are really it's the, their first time together, travellers in the TARDIS, all three of them, and there's kind yeah. of 
all three of them need to work out how it is that they interact. And I think it's it's almost agreed upon within the first two or three minutes that they land. It's just, okay, this is how we do this. It's just, yeah, yeah they kind of fall into their roles quite beautifully. And they must have been so excited when they got the script as actors. And that first episode is just them. They must have thought, oh, brilliant. We really get this yes. time together now. It's just us. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I really I hope so. Because it's all you need. Like, I, I feel like I could watch them three together on space stations doing anything. <laughs> like, I just... They're just... The way they interact is just... There's so much between them. There's so much that one understands that the other doesn't understand that the other doesn't quite get. And they're just... They're all having their own very different experience of the same thing. And I just... Yeah. I love it. So I'm going to come to my, my big revelation that came to me. Oh, gosh. So, partly because she's wearing that horrible dress. Well, it's not horrible, it's okay. But um, wow. something happens for me to Sarah as a character. And it happens at the moment that she transmats. I think she okay. transmats as Pertwee Sarah. And when she comes out of the other end and she's let out of the thing, she wakes up. At that point, she is Tom Baker's Sarah. And uh, no, that... do not move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I love it when she feels to the right for the casket where she can put the precious things. <gasps> she does that so well. Anyway, but yeah, no, I think she, she emerges as, as Baker Sarah and she goes in as Pertwee Sarah and I feel there's right. just, something switches. Right. And it's like... Sarah's here. This is the yeah. proper Sarah now. Well, that's a lovely birth. I like. That. Yes, that's it's something that's like well, that's what happens. Yeah. And I, don't you just adore that she she winds up as one of the sleepers and she's in her outfit, isn't it? Yes, that? I do. Oh. I really do. I love that when they find her in the little pallet they call it. I like <laughs> to think of it as a pod, but a pallet. But yes, it is. It's a, but also that whole process of stasis oh. that. Like, it's just, it's really, you can tell by the creators of that story, they really thought it out. Like, people are going from Earth and they're going to volunteer for this and they're going to need to be eased into the process and they're going to have fears and they're going to need to be allayed and they're going to have to be kind of eased through. And and it's just every part of it is just so well considered. Like, you just... All of the stories that we've done where we just like, so what was in the background? Oh, fuck knows. Like, but this stuff, like all of the background plot was thought about. Like, it's only four episodes, but there's probably like eight episodes of conception behind it. Like, there's so much that they have thought about, about why these people are doing this, what's behind it, what the social structure is of the planet at the time. And it's just, I love the consideration. I love the thought. It's, yeah, it, it's just absolutely beautiful. And... Did it make your female chauvinist heart glad that there was a woman leader? I couldn't believe that line. <gasps> but it was it was definitely correct and of a time. Yeah. Like I love the concept of a female chauvinist heart, but obviously I know. there was parts of me as um that I, I could still see so much chauvinism in there, whereas all the pods were made for the average size of a man. Yes, this, <laughs> so is like, this is that little like short one you can it. see further down. <laughs> yeah, it's a really short person in the background. You're like, when are they coming out? <laughs> the little freak child. <laughs> yeah. How did they get through the physical? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Come and say hello. You must have had a really clever brain on them. But yes. 
Hello, how are you? Almost naked. Oh, he is naked. He's oh. doing naked, I can see. <laughs> <Nike>. <laughs> how are you? Please tell me that the Ark in Space is the best piece of artwork that you have ever seen. Is that, oh, yes, definitely. It's the best use of bubble wrap on a sci-fi show I've ever seen. That was the wrong response. <laughs> but apart from that, the relationships oh. between Sarah and Harry and the Doctor, you were just enamoured with. Every piece of dialogue, you felt grateful oh, to Oh, I say, old girl. Yes, it was a very good episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh it's just fucking oh. Jemima Shaw that you're making me watch. <laughs> yeah, well let's not, <laughs> let's not get into Jemima Shaw. Jemima Shaw investigates. I'm doing for UK TV drama pod, and it's it's perhaps the worst drama series I've ever seen ever. Wow. Okay. With Patricia Hodge, it's quite a sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> he calls it Jemima Puddleduck investigates, <laughs> but also it thinks that Jemima Puddleduck would be more interesting. But all these drunk guys keep snogging her, and she's just like, "Well, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a sexy bitch." And it's like, "What the fuck are you doing about?" So, how old is Patricia Hodge during this? Thirties, maybe late twenties. Oh. Yeah. Is she a bit of a looker? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, enough of this. <laughs> enough of this frippery, flim flammery. I know. I'll leave you to business. Yeah. Good to see you. <laughs> see you. Bye. Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we need to say I need to talk about the set because yes. we're still in the first episode, and the set is just stunning. Like from, like having seen the first area where like we've got all the buttons that could do anything, you could definitely run up a space station from that. There's there's a lot of buttons. They're all important, valuable things. We've seen a fucking tranquilla couch, and we've also seen the brilliant. Walkie walkie area. What do we call that? Walkie walkie I think they area. call it the transom. Yes, the transom, sweetie. Yeah. First thing they see, armory. Love that. Yes, yeah. it's so cute. They think, oh no, we don't need that. Love that. Noah doesn't think that. First thing he thinks is a fucking armory. I'll go there. You bastard. Yes. But yeah, but um, yeah. And then no, I just there's I... Kelman's room just along from there. I know, I know, they're in Calvin's room and it's just, it's, I do really adore, I feel like they could have done the entire season just going back to Nerva, back and forth and just kind of like different iterations of the, the Nerva beacon. But what a clever way of, of saving money, I know that was the reason, just brilliant, that they was like, I oh, will go back there. And it was repeated by Russell T. T. Davis, not for the same reason, but first series of Christopher Eccleston is that there's that satellite place where they go for the long game and then they go back there at the end of the season for the the bad wolf and all that stuff at the end. They go back oh, to the same space station. That. Yes, it's the same space station in the future. It's exactly the same concept. Yeah. Oh, oh I've missed or I feel like a bad human. Yes. yes, no, that was yeah, it was just lovely. And it just but for me it just serves to add to the coziness it's just like i know those i know that walkway i've been down that walkway i have lived that walkway like yeah. it just it matters every time they walk down it i just go oh there they are <laughs> and i just love the, the fact it was really clever it's because the the designer roger murray leach was like i'm just fed up seeing studio floors in programs particularly in programs like doctor who where it's like oh it's just another painted studio floor you know how about yeah. we actually have a, a a floor to the set that's up from the studio floor so it's actually built up and so that yeah. people can walk it's just such an amazing plan 
to do that. Yeah. It's so unusual. Yeah, and it just, it, it really adds to the scale. Like, yeah. that's, the, like, every part of the set. So I look at it and I'm like, so we've got that first area, then we've got the the area where all of the humans are, we've got the walkie way, and then we've got the solar stacks. And that is enough to tell me the entire layout of the ship. Like, I feel like... Yeah, I, I know it all. I, I understand yeah. it completely. Yes. Yeah. And it all exists. Brilliant. I feel like yes. that, that transom goes all the way around. You could walk all the way around. It'd take you yeah, ages. Vast. But you would. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would. And because you can tell from the brilliant model at the beginning that it <laughs> does go yes. all the way around. <laughs> Sorry, the brilliant model. Yeah, it's true. True facts. I also have to praise Ian Martyr for, for saving Elizabeth Sladen's modesty when he puts her on the tranquilizer couch to begin with. He actually holds her dress down so it doesn't ride up. He, he makes sure it's, oh, it's flat to her legs. and yeah. That's lovely. That's yeah. a consideration that a naval officer would give to a someone. Like, but there is, he does live who he is throughout, I think. Yeah. Like, he does kind of really... Um, every part of him is just a good guy. Like, he, he just wants the best for people and he may do things in a... A very silly way and he, but he just oh, yeah I've got in here another Harryism is dead as a door knocker and I don't think anyone says dead as a door knocker but Harry does like all of his little sayings are just so slightly off but so him and there's yeah. just so many of them and I think because we've always lived with them we just accept them but they are quite odd and that's what Ryan yeah. was noticing it's like this guy talks weird what and I was like yeah, oh, people don't say that it's just Harry what are you on about yeah <laughs> yeah he just he embodied a whole kind of different era for us and i think for us it's probably more understandable because well not more than for ryan but more than for anyone who perhaps lived in that time maybe it was bollocks but like for us we feel like we're from a time past that where it's just like, okay that was what people in the 70s talked like yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. how people did so yeah. yeah it's cute just a quick reference to the the door which says animal and botanic on it which is the idea that the where the story started, which was more of it being a space arc with lots of animals and different things, and the original story, which is all about fungus and spores and and all weird stuff, John Lucarotti's story, um, which oh. it wasn't usable because it was too high concept, and and he hadn't worked on Doctor Who since um, they had individual episode titles in the in the first Doctor era. So he, he named every episode, and every episode ended with the word ball. So the first episode was called Puff Ball, and the last episode was called Golf Ball. And, wow. And so what, his concept must have been quite different then. His concept was about fungus spores and about two races living on this arc in the future, one with just bodies and one with just heads. But the ones with just bodies could instantan- instantaneously reproduce themselves. And the head was kind of floating. It's just really odd and just never be realised on a budget in 1974, you know. So, yeah. yeah. But also just very different and not, it was never going to work. So Robert Holmes was hurriedly, you know, drafted in to, to actually write it. But, right. It doesn't feel like a story that was a botched job. It doesn't feel like a story that was just a let's patch this up. It feels like a fully realised concept. But that is the only way that they show that they took flora and fauna from Earth, this animal and botanic. And it's just one label on a door. I just love that. That's all they need to do. Yeah. They didn't have no, the money. He, they didn't have the money to show concept. anything. Yeah. But that's enough. And you're just imagining. Like, and he just goes through the drawer and he's like, oh yes, he's got all of those. They've got history. They've got, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, they've got everything. They've got all this research. And you're just imagining zebras and giraffes are all part yeah, of that. No, you like just never. don't need to have that set. We don't need to see them. Yeah. We know. No. Yeah. 
Have you got anything else from episode one you want to draw attention to, other than obviously the big speechy scene about humans being indomitable? No, I have nothing. I haven't yeah. even remarked upon that yeah. scene. <laughs> really? I mean, it's, it's yeah. an amazing moment, isn't it? Homo sapiens. What an inventive, invincible species. It's only a few million years since they crawled up out of the mud and learned to walk. Puny, defenseless bipeds. They've survived flood, famine and plague. They've survived cosmic wars and holocausts. Now, here they are, out among the stars, waiting to begin a new life. Ready to outsit eternity. They're indomitable. Indomitable. Just the idea of the cryogenic sets that they would actually have them going up. A bit like Tomb of the Cybermen, I guess, but the Yes. The idea that, you know, let's really show this is a big hall and and the mirror to, to suggest that it's the same through there. It's just a mirror. But it oh is Which, it? Yes. Just a top. Oh, it's so good. It just the, the scale comes across. But they, they don't try and overcook it and say there's like thousands. Like it really like when you look at some of the new Who stuff like with that, I don't know, the new New York ones where mm. they've got like all of those people, and it's just you can see vast thousands of people who have all been kind of got diseases and stuff. But but this one, they don't overcook it. There's a few hundred that need to kind of repopulate the earth, and they have been they have been all picked out for their kind of viability for the process. It's just like any one person could fuck up this whole process. We have worked this out to the nth degree of these are the right people to repopulate. I just love that. Mm-hmm. Very but clever. That kind of has a question for me. It's like, so are Vira and Noah chosen because of the fact that they're good leaders and she's a med tech and and all that stuff? Because, I mean, she's probably not going to have children, or is she younger than I think? I feel bad now. <laughs> You're a bad hat. Is that bad? She's absolutely going to have children. She just has a very old person's haircut. <laughs> she absolutely is going to have children. She strokes his head like she's she's pair bonded in a way that she's like, yeah, we will be having children. They will be called Janice and Jerome, and they will be our children in the new life. Absolutely. Can you see? Can you see there? Yeah. Can you see anyone? Oh, is she, is she Wendy? No. Yeah, Wendy Williams. Yeah, she's in my phone. Is that her? Yes. Oh, fuck off. You and your... Wendy Williams, I just have her in my phone. <laughs> but you see what I have in my phone is bike lady. The woman I'm going to buy the bike from. Tent lady. The person I'm going to buy the tent from. You've got fucking Wendy Williams in your phone. Oh, my God. But I have to say, I wouldn't get much action if I did ring her because she's dead now, sadly, Wendy. But... <laughs> But you've kept her phone number. Ring it, ring it. <laughs> ring it live on the pod. Get get her yeah. child. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, it's because she was in Tenko. So 10 years ago, I interviewed her about Tenko because she was Vicky, Marion's best friend, the one who dies drowning in the first first two episodes. You've lost me there. Okay. But anyway. Good. But yes, isn't she just such a fabulous actress? Like She is. I, I talk about all of Harry's language, but I think language is such an essential part of this one. It's just, I love etymology. I love the kind of, the consideration that's put into that. And, and I guess for so many who's, 
like there's just an assumption that everyone speaks the same brand of English that we're speaking at that particular yes. decade. But I just love how that they've thought about that their type of language is confusing that they have to really consider oh so this is how you would say no I say it like this and uh, and she just she never deviates from that she never kind of like her more than anyone like I think others like Rogan I feel like he's not <laughs> he's not part of that deal <laughs> is he not some one of the regressives because he talks a different kind of language to everyone else he's a bit like a They're car like, salesman isn't he yeah, he really is. I like Rogan. He really doesn't share it with it. Oh, I no. love Rogan. But yeah, he's he the the kind of she's she maintains that this is not appropriate so much of the time. Like that is not an adequate response. She's just so good. She really kind of she kind of is like not just the guardian of the the humans, but the guardian of language and everything that is correct in the world. She's so great. Where are you going? The system must be shut down. What? The revivification must be stopped. Why? I don't understand. It is an order. I am the commander. But the first phase isn't completed, and we need the technical crew now to operate the station. Yes. No! No, the, the, the plan has changed. No, hear me. Hear me, the plan has changed. No, what is it? Is it something to do with June? June? Technician Dune. I reported him missing. But I'm here. Found you. What? One of the things I love about Fyra is when she's walking along with her trolley and she just glides along with the trolley silently. She's always gliding with a trolley, and I always think that's she's how trolleys should be operated. She'd be amazing on an airline, wouldn't she? She'd just glide. Yeah, she would. Okay, oh, I do have a question as to what was supposed to happen. So we see that she's the first person with the lights on yeah. to be revivified. That. Um, but um, she basically, lights come on, they open the pod, and she puts her hands out, and she's like, help me. What was supposed to happen if the Doctor and Harry weren't there? Because basically, she's not going to wander off and get the med kit from out the cupboard. No, I think maybe two... Maybe two of them would have woken up in the right situation, but is it because she's they've been sleeping too long that it's harder for them to wake up, possibly? Or well, I don't. Know. I don't think it was. I don't think it was considered. I think like she needs that shit. She needs a monod block or something very or soon. Ampule. Put one of these ampules yes. in here. Yes, exactly. And so she puts a hand out, and she needs that before she can start to be. Proper, like, is she supposed to just kind of get out there, fumble away to the cupboard, and get that mm. stuff like before she wakes up? I know. It doesn't sound like condine, condine planning was taken. <laughs> but I also want that med kit. I need to hear them. Uh, don't you want the med kit? Like that orange perspex med kit is just so perfect. Like I feel like if I'd have got that in my Christmas stocking, like <laughs> everything would have been made. Like there was that. Uh, like uh, I got. The little, I got once a little perspex pot of um, pink, pink sequins, pink metal sequins. The random shit the mum used to put in our right. stockings and like they just would fill me with joy because she just came up with random shit that were clearly the only things in my heart I wanted. Yeah. But like I'm just imagining in my heart if someone had given me that orange perspex med kit with 
the little squeezy trigger thing that would a, inject you. Yes. And but you had to put a big pink block in it to make it work. And oh, it just it was magical stuff. Like it really was the stuff of dreams. And like they, of the fact they considered that such a degree to make it so beautiful. Oh, I loved it. I've got some behind the scenes facts for you that are important at this moment. Good. So I was just talking about. Vira silently gliding by in, with her trolley in a way that's amazing. The only reason that is so silent, and she doesn't have any language whilst... She, when anyone moves with the trolley, whenever the trolley moves, there's no dialogue. Do you know why? Because the trolley wow. was too loud in the studio, and it made a massive rattling noise. So they cut wow. the soundtrack so that you can't hear the trolley moving. So no one could talk wow. during it, or, or it was put in in post if anyone does talk over the trolley. So, yes. so oh, that's so lovely. <laughs> yes. Oh, I do love that. Is it on the trolley? But also, don't you find it strange that when you put people into stasis, that not you don't just put them in comfortable white polyester. You put them, if they're women, into platform heels. <laughs> if they're men, into comfy white loafers. It's so bizarre. Why would you spend all of that time in stasis in heels? <laughs> By the time that you woke up, you'd be like, oh my God, I just need to sit down. It's bizarre. <laughs> but also, what, the original plan, women, definitely trouser suits. Men, men were going to be in white shorts. Oh, that would have been such a good thing. I would have loved I that. wish they'd gone there. Especially if they kept the white loafers. Oh, that's amazing. Isn't that an amazing fact? They were meant to be in shorts originally. I think that's just brilliant. What changed it? Well, probably, they probably saw Kenton Moore in shorts. Noah in shorts. And <laughs> thought, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> You'd never be able to take him seriously. Half a wearing arm and shorts and loafers. <laughs> he looked like he was in an episode of Heidi High. <laughs> Wow, that would have been good. Rogan in shorts. Oh, I wish. He'd look like someone who shouldn't play squash. You know, <laughs> an older person who's going to have a heart attack in his shorts. <laughs> I say he's an older person. He'd probably be still a good 15 years younger than I am No, he's now. one of those, I think, when you look at yourself and you think, shit, I'm 50, and you look at those men that are like, kind of got comb over fucking hair, and you're like, oh my God, they're 50. And he's one of those. I think he's probably only supposed to be in his 30s or something, yeah, but like, he just looks ancient. <laughs> I don't know whether he looks ancient. Oh, he does look oh, old. Oh, other, other fact. Viera was originally meant to be of colour. Oh, that would have been quite good. Yeah, as Robert I mean, she's Holmes good wrote it. She is. Wendy's brilliant. But, you know, that would have been nice because this era of Doctor Who is so white and it's just... Yeah. That would have been good. And no and So one, why was that changed? Don't know. Just the casting. Whoever cast it. Ah. Rodney Bennett. So... That's a real shame. Racist Rodney Bennett, as I call him. Now. <laughs> Racist Rodney, that's what we call him. <laughs> but but didn't you find, like, when like Noah is so instantly incensed by their language and the way that mm. they deport themselves, that he's just like, they're regressives, so they are going to ruin everything. Like, it just, it makes me want to know a bit more about what's going on on Earth before the kind of... The solar flares come. It makes me want oh, to yeah. understand, like, what is a regressive? What what yeah. role do they play? Why are they so upset about someone who speaks in that way? Because it's not like it's it's not like they've not heard that kind of thing before. It's just not the way the right people speak, and it just it makes you want to know. It makes me think of a, quite a scary society, fascist society, whereby yeah. the regressives were excluded, 
and living anyone who was different living on sh- living in shit in the in the surrounds and they were in this gleaming yeah. place where they were all selected because of their they were they were all the privileged yeah. you can just imagine they left all the shantytown yeah. fuckers behind yeah. and there was none of that who was allowed they but they did talk about it didn't they there was like a, a, a small percentage of those fuckers that were allowed to be part of it we didn't think they'd survive there was only a something like a 20% yeah. chance or something they'd yeah. survive it was just bizarre but it's just interesting that they went into that. It's just enough to make you kind of be interested. But, yeah, you do think it's the privilege that got to survive. Yeah. Absolutely. And didn't I say there'd be a snitch-up? I said there'd be a snitch-up. <laughs> See, that, it sounds like a regressive. Like, yes. I love that. That snitch-up. It's just like, that's not the way the rest of them talk. Mm. It just sounds like the car salesman that just kind of managed mm. to wheel a deal his way into things. And yeah. Yeah, his snitch-up language is not the way that you're kind of... Yeah, you're supposed to talk in this. Uh, yeah, I did enjoy that. I'm sorry, it, it must be a terrible shock for you. So there's just two of us left to check the ship? And Vira. She's taken command. Where is she? She's gone with the doctor. They're trying to contact Noah. There's been a snitch-up. Didn't I tell you, I said 5,000 years ago, I said there'd be a snitch-up. 10,000. Oh, beautiful. We should have taken our chance with the solar flares and gone into the thermic shelters. We'd have been happily dead by now. I didn't realise that Lyset had very short shelf life. One minute he's putting a swimming cap on it, on an extension lead, and the next minute he's dead. He's, yeah, he's, he's a real struggle, isn't he? Yeah, no, he just... But like, Libri as well. Like, I, yeah. Libri and Lyset were dead in seconds. I was like, what? So they're dead? <laughs> Did it just happen from nowhere? Not what? No. no. People are quite expendable. Like, I guess... The doctor had to make a point about don't wake anyone else up, but it was more like anyone who wakes up will die. <laughs> it's only the people who have managed to stay dormant are the ones that will survive in the end. Yeah. I love the um, argument that the doctor has about why they should do it his way and they shouldn't wake any more up. And it's basically like, well, we could open them all, we could wake them all up and everyone's going to die. Or we could do it this way. No one sees if we fuck it up. <laughs> because they're not going to Yeah, okay, that's like, like, you... know. will die no, anyway. They just won't feel it. We're just trying. At least only the six of us will know about it, which is just really... <laughs> yeah. That is really cute. It yeah. is. It's just a really bizarre thing to say, though, I thought. But I like that. Yeah. Byra, if you fail, your people will die in pain and fear. If I fail, they'll die anyway. But at least only the six of us will know anything about it. But yeah, and then Rogan goes on also to say like when he's getting really aggressive about the whole thing and he's like still thinking it's a snitch up and he's like I liked the earth I like heat and I could have stayed there in the solar flares he's like I don't need to be doing with this shit this is not what I signed up for like he just kind of he wasn't up for the kind of saving the earth kind of way that the way that Lysa and Libri were they just die for anyone but Rogan was not up for it quite so much no indeed we should have stayed on earth Lysa I like the earth. I like heat. They had trouble with that tiara prop, didn't they, that they had to put on to revivify. Particularly on Sarah, it's like... <laughs> but I, I also like the way that she kept persevering. They didn't cut it. They just was like, I'm just... A, it's going to fucking fit. Fit in fucking rehearsals. It will fucking fit. They just kept trying. Have you been volumising your hair, Sladen? Sladen! <laughs> <laughs> Hello! No, oh, what's hello? Hello! <laughs> hello, <That's>... sister. <laughs> that's, that's... No, do not move. <laughs> <Still> <laughs> <wouldn't>. <laughs> it's 
is, is the speech. I love the speech. The sort of pre-match. Oh. Hello. The speech. I just yes. love the choice that they started with. Hello. <laughs> yeah, but also she, she, it's it was so clearly it was a pep talk. It was yeah. just like it's just like things are gonna be fucked. So I'm gonna say things in a really positive way because yeah. you're all gonna be dealing with shit. And it yeah. just yeah, I I do love her speech. But yeah, the hello was adorable. Hello, space station Nerva. This is the Earth High Minister. The fact that you are hearing my voice in a message recorded thousands of years before the day in which you are now living is a sure sign that our great undertaking, the salvation of the human race, has been rewarded with success. Um, I have to say about Libri's death, we talked about Libri briefly, but the way he... he falls backwards. It's very odd. With his arms outspread. This is my time to die. <laughs> I'm hoping there was a mattress there, because otherwise that would hurt. Oh, I did like talk about the, the gypsy belief of the last thing you see being retained in your eye. I like that. I didn't really go any further with it, but yes. Yes. Isn't that more than just a gypsy belief? I feel like that was a generally held belief. Or was it, it was. It, it was a Victorian belief. And... Yes. They even did something with a victim of one one of the victims of Jack the Ripper. They did tests on their eye to see if they could get any image to see if they could identify Jack the Ripper, but it it failed. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. it's bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit! Yes. Bullshit! I, I like the idea as well that they they kind of they were working round the mind of someone who knew everything. So they knew that June was the guy who was like who created and kind of designed the arc, but they knew also that June would be like a systems guy. He would do things correctly and by the book. And I just love the cleverness of just like, but what would he not have considered? What would have been beyond the realms of what June, the architect of it all, would think about? And he wouldn't think about the, the backwards capability of the Tranquilla Couch. Yes. And like that kind of thing was just, I, I really enjoyed that. There was a cleverness that he just, you wouldn't, you could know everything, but not, consider everything and yeah it, it seemed like a reasonable way through their problems it was yeah generally i feel like a lot of the things the doctor comes up with just sounds like bullshit but like this time you're like oh actually yeah i'm with you that's a good thought yeah just the coziness of the tranquilla couch transmat honestly i would just do it all day <laughs> use the tranquilla couch transmat to get there yeah. But I felt like I was... I'm here I'm, now, can I come back? <laughs> just, imagine, just imagine us doing that from the front room to the back where we got the videos, even though it was like not very far, but we were definitely transferred there if we could. Yeah, no, absolutely so adorable. Um, yes. No, do not move. It is dangerous to move from the Tranquilla couch. I love the speech that the Doctor has, which is so fourth Doctor, which is... It's not just our existence, Sarah. It's the existence of all the human race, you know, and and how he argues for things in a very detached, circumspect way, this doctor, mm. in a way yeah. that doesn't feel patronising or arrogant like Pertwee would have delivered it. He would have said it with an edge of, like, you're an idiot, Sarah, a bit. Yes. But for this, it's just like saying, don't you see, in a sort of more opening up way, not in a closing. There's a bigger picture here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, nice. But then I do start to think as well, when they talk about, like, the end of the human race, or, like, they they accept that there are 
other colonies that are out there. But it's almost like as soon as they've become a colony, they're no longer properly humans. Ooh, they're no properly, they, and they kind of they know that there are other people who have you know have done different forays into different planets, and like they don't consider them to be proper humanity anymore because they've started their own life with their own kind of their, their own patterns and and so they're they're not as important it's those that come purely from earth that are going to go back to earth that are classified as human life yet they accept the presence of other things it's definitely something because then they become named after the planet they're on you know yeah they become whatever they are eons what are they called on frontios i can't even remember I don't frontians think frontians i don't think they are but you know they walked yeah. Well, they haven't even bothered to sort floors. They've just got soil. <laughs> <laughs> sort the concrete out, then we can give you a name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is fair. Oof, what are we up to? Oh, yeah. See, I'm up to episode four. I'm romping. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to say something about bubble wrap and just the fact that bubble wrap wasn't as available then. It was only known inside the packaging industry, so people wouldn't have been watching and saying, oh, that's bubble wrap. Like, But also, like, I didn't... Like I thought the the vision of Noah when he's kind of when there's that moment between I don't know Harry and Lysa or Harry and Rogan or whatever when they're shooting at him I thought he looked really terrifying like I thought he looked really well realized he had like the kind of half of the eye kind oh, of part of him that's what the created and, yes and and he just he really had he'd become. Something and they, I just I, I I didn't feel the bubble wrap was onerous. I did feel like they'd kind of they'd used it well and yeah I, I felt quite scared of that half we're in half Noah person. I thought they'd done that a really good job. Well, let me tell you something about that moment because it always struck me as odd that moment where the gun falls to the floor and suddenly the doors closed. Ah uh, yes yes. Well, there was a big scene that was cut because it was felt to be oh. too too horrific. So. Um, yeah, because you see the gun fall and you're like, okay, yeah. that came from nowhere. Talking to the pair, Noah's speech was to continue. We're in, we're in burning, fire, life, ecstasy. Oh, fire, oh, fire. And then fire asks if Noah is in pain, receiving the reply, Pain? I'm in torment! These creatures! And suddenly Noah drops the blaster at Fyra's feet and pleads, Fyra, shoot me, kill me, please, for pity's sake, kill me. And then the shutter closes. And Vira says she couldn't have done it. And the doctor says, he couldn't have killed him either. And that was oh. gone. All of that was gone. And that was just too painful to, to televise. Mm-hmm. Wow. No, but it was a really good scene. I always felt something was missing there, and that was it. Yes. Oh, that's really good to know. Isn't well it? Done. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Yes. We get a lot about the, the women backstory with the the Andromeda and the breeding colonies, and I thought that was all really that. well done. I really, really enjoyed it. It just, it gave a why to them that you kind of, you could you could miss, and I'm sure the first nine times I watched this, I probably missed it entirely, but like, it just, there's so much in that, and, and to understand their motivation, to realise that they are, uh, not necessarily compassionate, but they're creatures that weren't out there just to, to fight for no reason. Their, their fighting had come because they had tried really fucking hard to make shit work yeah. the way that they were supposed to. They were driven away. They had fought back and fought back against the humans on their own planets and thought this is 
you know, it's not working. So we just have to go elsewhere and make it work our, our way. And so it just, it, I think to understand the motivation of any race is really helpful and you don't get that very much in Doctor Who and I think it's a shame that there was I mean we don't want a cosy resolution maybe we don't want everyone to be happy and go off in their own separate ways which they probably would do in New Hall but I just I like that there was that kind of understanding and okay that's not going to work they now are fucked off and they want to actually take over the humans because they're really pissed off but like that the reasons that they that they did subsist quite happily in their own way they had their own way of making it work their their way of um yeah okay it doesn't sound lovely kind of you know laying your eggs in cows or whatever <laughs> wasn't the best thing but you know it, it just it wasn't the most invasive way of doing things that was how they survived and and that worked for them and so yeah i i love that they gave us all of that information and it just you care then a little bit more and you think okay they're rational to a degree they're not yeah. just bloodthirsty bastards yeah yeah, it's like that, that natural cycle sort of element of it. Yeah, this is just how that race worked. Yeah. Yeah. So what I had forgotten was how Sarah just completely saved the day in episode four. Obviously, I 100%. knew. Obviously, I knew she took the cable through, but I didn't know that it was actually her suggestion about the transport ship having separate power. Yes. Yes, she was like, uh, Doctor, uh, Doctor, <laughs> fucking, not now, Sarah, <laughs> we're doing sensible things here. Yeah, no, she she really, she thought it all through, she was, she thought about it, and yeah, and also does the volunteering, and yeah, she just, yeah, she completely makes, yeah, she makes it all viable, they come up with another solution, and it's lovely that they give her that role. Hmm. It's nice that, yeah, okay, he's a little bit dismissive of her, but it's great that, scriptwriter-wise, they actually gave her the, the, the role of being the one who knew it all. And I thought, think also that scene is the birth of me being patronising and chauvinistic with you because I always thought saying good girl to you was was okay because it's like, good girl, Sarah, you know. And I always used to say good girl to you and he'd be like, can you quit that, please? And I thought it was, it was fine because the doctor said it to Sarah, so surely that's a big compliment. But no, it was like, even Ryan picked up on that. He's like, she's not a girl. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, when... um, I know when he's trying to goad her to pull the thing further, but when he says, stop whining, girl, you're useless. Like, I think, um, yeah, Christy was, like, as he always is now, just playing something else while I watch Doctor Who. He's like, I I can't even pretend to watch this shit now. Like, he's just in the background with his AirPods on, not actually taking part. But as soon as he heard the stop whining girl, you're useless, he just kind of took his AirPod out. And he just was like, what? Like, he was just quite shocked by that being a line that would ever be said. He was quite kind of disgusted by it. He was, yeah, it was quite, quite brutal, I think, the way he spoke to her. It was, but then also, of course, it leads into that, that line, which is, um, we should never have relied on you, which I say all the time. I know, you say it constantly. <laughs> but to be honest, so many lines I felt like we say all the time. Like, I don't think I wrote them all down because it's just, I mean, but yellow, black, green, yellow, black, green. <laughs> it's just like, we used to say that all the time, but yeah, yeah, we should never have relied on you. It's just like, there was, yeah, the amount of times you've said even that. Even Ryan said to me, that's where it's from. <laughs> Because I'm always saying to him, stupid boy, we should never have relied on you. 
it's not said in a really kind of that's the main part of the line we should never have relied on you it's just like part of a much bigger line that you just kind of say it in a way that you just like that is the core of the line and like you say it in every situation I think my girls would probably even recognize it as well so yeah you say it so much (laughs) I'm jammed I can't stop whining girl you're useless Oh, doctor, is all you can say for yourself? Stupid, foolish girl. We should never have relied on you. I knew you'd let us down. That's the trouble with girls like you. You think you're tough, but when you're really up against it, you've no guts at all. Hundreds of lives at stake, and you lie there blubbing. You wait till I get out. I can manage. I don't need your help. Thank you. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, You've done marvellously, Sarah. I'm very proud of you. I really am very proud of you. What? again. You're a brute. You're a brute? Don't be ungrateful. I was only encouraging you. Come. (laughs) Oh, something something else we were watching last night. We were watching the Victoria Wooddam drama Pat and Margaret, which is amazing, if you've not seen it recently. It's so good. But there was the line where um, Duncan Preston's character, the, the son, and you've got Thora Heard as the mum, and they said, they didn't have dyslexia back in his day, that you were sat at the back with raffia. Remember <laughs> 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 being sat at the back with raffia is just something that I say, I say a lot as well. I don't know, I just sat at the back with raffia. It's brilliant, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's classic. I love that. I like that when she gets out as well, that it's like there's a hint that she might have said a bit more when she's like, you're a brute. <laughs> she's like, she could easily say, you're a bastard. Yeah, like, totally. He's just waiting for her to say, you're a bastard. Yeah. But, yeah. I did like the fact as well that um, that the women actually say the, the tropey phrase, resistance is useless. Because that's oh, do a, they? Yes, they actually said it. I wrote it down because I was surprised. Because I was thinking, do any monsters ever actually say it? But they do. They say resistance is useless. Oh. Yeah. But I also wrote underneath the, this, in in a much less eloquent way, the phrase "big walking poos." I decided at some point the women looked like big walking poos. Oh, is that when they're doing this spacewalk with the towards the the rocket? I think they do look like walking poos. Then yeah, you're right. Do you know the line that Rogan says about there being trouble with the union when he punches the doctor? Because I really enjoy that as well. I love oh. the fact that he kind of, that's his reason for like saving the day almost. It's, it's like he kind of, because he's like a member of whatever union that technicians are part of, he like, says, yeah, there'll be trouble with the union if he you, says, yeah, and like he, he says, just knocks him out. You don't want trouble with the space technicians union, doctor. That's what he says. Oh, so lovely. Yes. And like I just love that that's his that's his reason for being. That's his reason for him deciding to die and save the human race essentially. It's just like this is what I do and yeah. I will save the doctor, I'll save the human race because, you know, I'm part of this union and this is this is my job and it's just it's, it's like oh it's it's a brilliant part of it which I think kind of plays to his kind of um, working class because he's he's definitely the working class guy in the yeah. in the scene, and yes. yeah, the fact that he does that not from a place of kind of. 
being haughty like I'm in charge. It's like, no, this 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 is what I should do right now. It's it's quite surer, really. <laughs> this is what <laughs> Yeah. I will do this. <laughs> it's quite cute. But it's also the context of nineteen seventy four strike ridden the UK, which is what we're in now as well in the UK it's just strikes in every single every wow. single um, industry. But um yeah, it was that was also a comment on nineteen seventy four and like also Doctor Who Studio where certain people could only move certain things and oh, well this was their job and that was their job so it was a it was like a, right. a, an in joke as well about who could do stuff yeah right oh that's quite lovely yeah but then that that final okay no i'm i'm at the final denouement i will i'm at the the sacrifice that noah makes so i don't know if that's where yeah i was i was just getting to the point of like i love the doctor saying listen noah now hear me he says, hear me. Yeah, because that's what, because Noah says that all the time. Hear me, hear me, Lyra. Yes. 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 And it was lovely that that was kind of part of it. But it was, remember the wind, the sun, the sky, and there's that tinkling music that plays beneath that. Yes. Oh. The music we haven't really talked about, have we? No, we the haven't. music throughout, we ought. If there's any part of you that's still human, if you've any memory of the man you once were, leave the ark, lead the swarm into space. That's, That's where the women belong, Noah. Not on Earth. Not where you were born. Remember the wind and the sun, the fields, the blue sky. That's Earth, Noah. It's for the human race. Don't abandon it. I have no memory of the Earth. Uh, the music ha- was evocative throughout, but like I can't say whether that's just evocative of my childhood or whether it evoked something else. But like, there's just yeah, there's actually I was actually thinking that the happy music that they play at the end. Like if anyone, like if I was in like a stressful situation, like I don't know, having having a pretty awful review with my boss, that kind of thing. <laughs> just someone played that music in the background, I'll be like, it's all okay now. I don't have to worry. It's all okay. Yeah. You've saved the human race. Let's not panic. It's actually known as the Doctor's theme. Oh, is it? Yes. So if oh. you're ever looking for that music, that's what it's called. Well, it certainly does it for me. If you just play me the Doctor's theme generally in my life, I'd feel a lot happier about many stressful situations. So you're going to talk about Rogan's Sacrifice? No, Noah's sacrifice. Just oh, oh, I right. love I love Rogan's sacrifice, but just I guess almost the almost unnecessary sacrifice that Noah makes for of the Wirren. Like it's 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 lovely because it's kind of his final vestiges for humanity and that he does it for that reason. Yes. But it's just all also like but but did the Wirren not deserve something too? Like they they could have just gone on and yes, they would have probably fucked up another civilization but like they deserve to live like the the whole of that race is now yeah they have no more chance to survive because noah decided the human race was more important um yeah and i just i found it quite interesting because it was it was selfless um and caring but it was also he'd made his choice he was on the humans team and yeah, yeah it just yeah it gave you an awareness that there was just yeah, had he been like sixty forty on the Wirren side, that would have been a very different situation. But yeah, and I just yeah, I feel like the Wirren, they deserved something. It wasn't fair what happened to them, Andromeda. I'm really quite annoyed by the whole thing. <laughs> it did bother me. Always bothered me because I just didn't quite understand it. That suddenly they're going into the transport ship, which they also call a shuttle, which I find confusing. But the the fact they kind of spacewalk around the Ark to get into the shuttle and they somehow get into it 
And they don't go through the... You don't see it enough and you don't yeah. fully believe it. Yes. Because that's where Vira and Rogan were like seconds before and suddenly they're not there and yeah. we're an R. Yeah. And yeah, they, they don't show it enough for you to realise that they all were like kind of using their little tentacles or whatever to get up onto <laughs> into the ship. Like it's not something you're fully on board with. No, I'm not. Because they're not fully on board. So I'm not on board no. with <laughs> That. <laughs> I remember being confused. Ryan said, oh, that was a very quick resolution. Suddenly it was all over. And because I think I'd been waiting for the ventilation shaft moment and, and all the stuff around that and Sarah and the Doctor being in the middle of the cryogenic chamber, which I love all that cosiness of sort of base under siege, Doctor. But, um, but yeah, it was kind of like a bit... I don't know, it was just suddenly it was all, oh, and we're done. I'm fine now. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I must admit, I looked on my next page for notes. I was like, okay, that's the end then. <laughs> so, yes, I obviously made no more notes and, like, there is nothing more to talk about. So, yes, it does come quicker than you're expecting. You, um, But I think they did tie it up in bows. I think that was probably the purpose of Noah's kind of ultimate sacrifice was just to, to tie up the Wurren scenario in bows and just to be like, okay, so there's no fucking chance that they are going to ruin Earth's chance of kind of being repopulated. That is going to happen like Vira has won and she can do that now. Like it's all that that stress is gone. And I, I, I kind of I like that for Doctor Who, but it's also, yeah, it begs more questions. Yeah. So of course this leads into Santaran experiment. Um or as I I call it, Taran on on on. Because <laughs> when John was a little baby, he used to want to watch the Santaran experiment, he'd say Taran on 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 because he wanted to put it on. That like, gorgeous. That was the one he watched endlessly when he was three years old. (laughs) What did he like so much about it? Do you know? I think it was the location, he said. he liked. Yeah, I think it is quite an odd one for that. It's quick. That's a good thing. It's quick. And it's, yeah, it's all like on the hound tour, isn't it? And it's just, it's all very beautiful. Because like most kids would have like, I don't know, cuddly bunny or a bear or something. But one of John's earliest favourite toys was, was a Centauran with the Centauran spaceship. (laughs) She's got. So like that's was a... it plastic or was it actually cuddly? No, no plastic. It was like you know the actual yeah. proper Doctor Who figures ones, but like it, <laughs> it was the most important. I was toy. thinking that'd be a really niche toy to make. Yeah. Like, I should crochet one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but he sees that as massively nostalgic as a thing that is a toy. Yeah, it's just weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but I just it it does like when you see Sarah wearing her yes. yellow packamac and stuff, and you're just like, oh my god! Like I just. I want her to wear that forever. I want there to. I want this story arc to never end. Like just because you can see in your head the Santaran experiment, Genesis of the Daleks, yes. and revenge just coming ahead, and you're just like, this is just so beautiful. I didn't how realize this everything is had to link created. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but the linking isn't it just so wonderful? But that's why I want everyone to stay on Nerva because you could have had that one, and you could have had another one. You could have just kind of gone away for a couple of yeah. episodes and come back and say, "How are you doing now? Anything else? Fucking yes. love it." Just with it. It would be really cool if you'd met some new characters in those costumes and maybe they came down yes. to to Earth and, yeah, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. So uh, it, may, it begged the question for me, like, and maybe I'd missed this entirely in Revenge, when did they find the TARDIS? It comes forward in time or is it backward in time? It catches up with them. Oh. I can't remember. It's later, isn't it? Yes, forward, yeah, because I always think right. Revenge has gone back in time, but it's not. It is the future. Even though they look like they're from the past. It's, because the it's space the station version. by then is really it's tired, isn't it? Manky. Yes. Yeah. Which is a clever yes. idea. But 
I just imagine it just being stuck in some kind of, you know, storage area in the Nerva Beacon forever. It's just like, what the fuck is there? No, it actually comes out one forward in time. It suddenly appears. It catches up with them, but in a sort of like one or two sentences explanation. Right. Yeah, because it would have been quite... It could have worked had it been stuck on the Nerva Beacon all that time. Yeah. They should have just left it there. But I do like the seat of your pants stuff. It's like the fact the only way they can get around between that and... At the end of Revenge of the Sidemen is via Time Ring or Transmat. Isn't that brilliant? Yes, they're stuck otherwise. I do, as soon as they, she's putting her hat on, I'm like, fuck, you guys are leaving the TARDIS behind. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> this shit is dangerous. Yes. Do you really think you're getting back? Like, this is mad. And as Vira just sat there waiting forever, saying, well, they never came back. I don't know where we should go now. We'll just oh, stay yeah, here. Exactly. <laughs> She could have been in the TARDIS when it was brought forward in time or some other... She could have been. Yes, all of these things. Anything good. Honestly, the, the adventures of Vara just will forever make me feel happy. And <laughs> because I'm having such vivid dreams at the moment with all the fucking drugs I'm taking, I'll be dreaming about that tonight, so I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> I do. I want to find out what happens next. Good. I don't remember inviting you to. Uh, no, you didn't. But here we are. Well, the Brigadier did tell me to stick with you, Doctor, and, uh... Orders is orders. I hope you don't mind being left. Well, I won't be alone for long. Life is returning to the Ark. And soon to the world. Have a jelly, baby, Byer. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So, what is your score? TARDIS is out of ten for Ark in Space. Oh, my God. It's so dangerous. Like it's it's like it's nine or ten for me. Like it, yeah. I just I I'm trying to work out what would top it, because um, it has everything. It has wonderful dialogue. It has storyline tied up in bows. It has humanity and where it came from and where it's going to. It has characters that I give a shit about. It has consideration for how people speak. It has Harry working shit out. Like oh no I'm. <laughs> I've decided it has to be a 10. This, this has to be the pinnacle. This has to be. There, I don't think there's anything better. Like, from watching it again, like, to be honest, I watched this on soap today, and every two seconds it kept, like, timing out and, like, it would pause, and it would just, it was so painful to watch. Like, it just, it wasn't working properly. And it's just like, no matter how I watch this, the, the nothing tops this. Like, it was, it was frustrating, but it just, yeah, it, it has more than I think any other episode I can think of wow. has. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's great. I would give it a nine, though. Because I think there's elements of the story that don't quite work for me. What? What doesn't work? You fucking tell me and I'll fucking work it out for you. <laughs> I think it's just I, I couldn't get past the bubble wrap a bit this time. I really struggled with the bubble wrap. Wow, no, really? Yes, yeah, a bit, yeah. Um, but also just... The resolution I thought was too quick, and also how you know the the women moving about. I don't know. I just, I just feel like. In weird. So you think with special effects it might have been better? Yeah. Like had it I had do, a bit of. But I, that's so not me because I don't really care no. about special effects usually. But I don't know. It, it's definitely amazing. I love it, but it's just it even like back in the day when I do my list of all the stories I liked. Um, it was always about 18th, 19th in the list. It was always wow. around that point. So, you know, there's always some things that haven't quite done it for me with this. But it's obviously stunning. 
Yeah. 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 And uh, like, I, I, I don't know quite why I love as much as I do. Um, but the, yeah, I'd, I'd say if I was to kind of put my finger on it, it would be the scenes with Harry, Sarah and the Doctor chit-chatting. Like, I think that's where I feel like I can't imagine better. Like, yeah. that the, I'd love to know how all of that dialogue came about, whether or not they kind of talked it through with the scriptwriter, whether or not they were allowed to ad-lib, but there was just something about the way they all talked together that just, yeah, made it just so perfect for me. I mean, it just... Yeah, it just naturally works. It comes together and it's just a perfect storm of actors and characters. And Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And Vira being so capable. That was the other thing. Like, Vira's little, thank you, thank you. And then just kind of like a little flick of the... <laughs> I'll just carry on and do my shit now because I'm in charge. And that's, uh, a, like, that's she's a rare just... episode ending as well, actually. A story ending where it's on a supporting character, not... The doctor or, or the companions, yeah, and but also knowing she's got it absolutely nailed. Like yeah. you do not worry for the human race. She You're turns like, confident. Well, she's doesn't she? Yeah, she's going to revivify everyone, and they are going to be like, okay, well, I don't care that Noah's done some mad shit because Vira's here, and she's going to sort shit out. <laughs> like she, like she just really is in charge. She owns that by the end. Like, and I think she does your thing as well. Like that's what you want out of a anyone in a Doctor Who story where mad shit's going on, you don't quite get what's happening. You just want them to go ahead and just trust the Doctor. Yes, she's like, within seconds, she does. Like, the do- like Noah says to her, I think episode two or something, it's just like, to lice it, or no, to Libri. You just fucking, you keep this gun on them and just don't trust them, or right? they do yeah. anything and shoot yeah. them. And within seconds, he's like, you know, that guy's a bit fucked. You can tell that, you know it's not right. Trust me. And she's just like, all right, then. <laughs> just like very quickly, she's like, all right, follow him. That's fine. Yeah, like, could, she, we she gets the, it. We could put she... all the Doctor Whos, couldn't we? The ones where they trust the Doctor and ones where they they kind of distrust him and annoy him for ages. And they're kind of yeah. a pile of ones I like and piles of ones I don't like. <laughs> and, and, and I often disagree with you on those. But yeah. for this one, like, she just seems to, to make the judgment quite sensibly. She doesn't judge things based on just, oh, the Doctor knows best. It's like, she's like, okay, I can sense there's something not quite right here. And this guy, I'm sensing that he has the right motivation. But like, I feel like, like she makes that judgment. It's, a, it's an expedient decision as well. I think she, she judges the risks and still decides to yes. go with it. It's not just... Yes, she's not saying 100% thing. like I don't trust yeah. Noah. She's like, yeah. based on the situation I'm confronted with now, this is what I think is the best thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your highlight? If you had to pick one moment that you loved or one moment of dialogue or whatever it is, what would be your highlight? Um, yeah, probably the first scene. Wow. The first scene where he's talking about Pompey Barracks and where he's just just wittering on about life in, uh, in, in a very English way where Sarah is kind of expressing her knowledge of that bit more where she kind of is like, oh I used to feel like that too kind of thing yeah. but like I know better now and yeah. um and the doctor just kind of obviously having that tiny bit more love for Sarah but not having a not having anger for Harry well a tiny bit but he just kind of he likes Harry but just because he doesn't quite get it yet he'll just kind of like deal with him and I just yeah I think that first scene um yeah it, it's it's how I want to always imagine the TARDIS life being. I just want those three people to be there forever, just 
chatting on in their very 70s way. It's yeah, yeah it's the best. And for me, it would have to be um, thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm waiting. No, I, no. I was silent. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> it would it would definitely be stupid girl. We should never have relied on you. I just love the yeah. relationship that shows between them and how. That when he's pulling her out and there's a sort of hug moment and it's sort of like yes. yeah, they do really because she gets she just leans into the hug of it she just allows it yeah. and then she has conned again and she just yeah. kind of she gets it yeah that's that's my highlight definitely right well I think we've done the arc in space classic who I feel like I simpered finest. a lot like I feel like sometimes they're just so good I'm like it's just really fun <laughs> it's just a really I think, just I think like, that's quite a nice change thought, from you saying I was fucking shit when things I don't like <laughs> or a character that's really annoyed you. So I think that's quite a nice change for the listener. I'm sure you agree. Yes. Yeah. There you go. What are we going to do next? Oh, randomizer. Yes. I feel like because I've been so in love with this one, we we can probably afford to do one that I fucking hate. Oh, right. Wow. I'm gonna I'm oh. gonna randomize the you hell out of this it. shit. I can't be asked. You do it. Oh. Earthshock. Oh, we've not done Earthshock, have we? No, we haven't. And there's something about Adric's death that's very appealing. Very compelling. <laughs> so, Earthshock it is next time. Fucking okay, hell. Right, I'm writing that down because I'll forget by well, in ten minutes' time, let's be honest. Earthshock. Well, that's, that's why I left the randomizer because we'd never, ever have chosen that as the next story. Ever. In a million years. Yes. I love just choosing this one. It's just hilarious listening back to that. Nope, 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 nope. Oh, did I leave it all in last time? Did I leave it all in? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll do that one that we just talked about that we really want to do that we took like 10 hits to get to. (laughs) Totally random. Totally random. So, I... Oh, sorry, I need to interrupt. I'm going to do the same thing again. We didn't do Dress for Success. <laughs> so it's time for Dressed for Success. I'm gonna get dressed for success Shaping me up for the big time, baby Get dressed for success White polyester, what can I say? But I do love in white polyester that they all have different colours. Yes, to, let's go to, through to, those no, colours. No, I'm going to say I the person's name. Important. I'm going to say the person's name. You've got to tell me what colour they are. Vira. Yellow. Rogan. Red. Noah. Yellow? What no! It's red. Is he red? Yes. Okay. Sarah. I don't know. You do know. I don't know. Yellow? No! Blue! Blue! Lysit. Green? Yes. Libri. Blue or green? Green. Oh, I okay. would have... Your colour your color perceptions right off there. I would have got all of those like that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Quite <laughs> Yeah, I feel really bad now. Okay, I think we talked about her polyester dress to uh, length. Um, but yeah, that's it. And I love, uh, I think the women, to me, were well realised. And I love a swing cap as an eye piece as well. <laughs> I feel like swing caps should be used more often. I think they're brilliant. What I don't like is a puby women. I don't like a puby women. You know when they have Who's those, like, the horse hairs they have in them at one point? 
in the top Ooh. of the mirror and it was really pubic. Oh, I don't think I saw that. Like it. Oh. I was like, no. no, no, not necessary. No, we don't need no. to see that. No. no, I'm with you. Right, I think we're there. So Earth Shock next time. Good I know. Stuff. Right, fuck off. Bye. Bye. Wow. So it must be 11 at yours, is it? No, I'm just saying bye for the pod and I can oh. talk to you. Oh, sorry, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that then, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so until next time, I have been a big walking poo. <laughs> and I'm still Alex. Good. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Dirty. Dirty and wrong. to move from the tranquiller couch.